how do humans develop a sense of self? And when do we become aware that we are a person in this world? Welcome to Psych Papers, a podcast of bad content where we discuss psychological studies and concepts and conduct our own follow-up research uh, inspired by the episode's topic. My name is Chris Cole. I have a PhD in psychology, and this is my co-host, Joseph Daharan. And I'm, I'm his friend. In today's episode, we're discussing the Rouge Mirror Test and how it's used to measure a child's uh, sense of self and how much it's developed. Joseph, what do you think of when you hear sense of self? Uh, you know who you are. <laughs> you can, I feel my body. I'm in my own body. You know, when I think of that, I'm thinking about, you know, when people say like they like they're floating above their body. Like, what is that called? Um, dissociating. Like, dissociating. But the opposite. Associating. Associating. So yeah. you feel in your own body. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> That's cool. Like, nice. Final answer. <laughs> yeah. Final answer. Yeah, yeah. Okay, so what is sense of self, Joseph? Uh, I'm not hallucinating. Uh, I don't hear voices, no delusions. Um, yeah, I'm not losing my mind. Uh, yeah, 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 yeah. Okay, so when I ask you, what do you think of this? Well, let me tell you everything I don't think about it. <laughs> and maybe we can just work through there. That, that's a, that's a, isn't that a valid way to, 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 to divide it? Something. Yeah, that's a valid way of defining yeah. something by stating something that is not. It's like, hey, what's forty-four divided by twelve? <laughs> well, let me tell you what it's not. <laughs> Use the worst example. <laughs> this is actually a valid way of deducing. Uh, <laughs> okay. okay, you can see all my math, <laughs> my math grades. Mm-hmm. That's how. <laughs> all my instead of answering two plus two is four, I just wrote. But why? Why not eight? Yeah, yeah, <laughs> nice. Some critical thinking skills, buddy. What I mean by sense of self is that I mean that an individual's awareness and understanding of their own identity and that they are a thing that exists in the world that is separate and distinct from other things. Okay. A sense of self develops over time and can include many facets, uh, but one of the earliest aspects of it is being able to recognize yourself. The ability to recognize oneself develops at around 18 months of age. This is measured with the Rouge Test or the Mirror Test, developed by Gordon Gallup in 1970. Using Rouge makeup, or just red makeup for all the dudes listening, an experimenter discreetly puts a red dot on the child's face. Then they're put in front of a mirror to see how they react. Babies between 6 and 12 months will typically see a playmate in the mirror that they actually try to interact with. By the way, by playmate, I mean another child to play with, not a sexy woman in lingerie. Okay, got it. Nice. But <laughs> babies, babies around 18 months old will look in the mirror and start poking <laughs> the red dot on their face, indicating that they recognize themselves in the mirror. I love the idea of someone listening in on this and just like... Oh, okay, cool. I'm glad you said that about this baby. (laughs) So at 18 months old, they start poking the red dot on their face, meaning that they recognize themselves in the mirror. And these are fuzzy ranges. And some babies may even take longer to develop self-recognition, even up to 20 to 24 months old. Uh, As an aside, I have a friend who has a kid, and I told her about the topic for this episode. And she told me a story uh, that when her kid was younger, he would get really, really shy around mirrors and actually okay. hide himself from them and like cover his face. <laughs> <laughs> like, no. 
<laughs> which is just the most like adorable thing ever. Because hey, they thought it was like another person. <laughs> That's scary. It's like a dog. It's like my dogs, yeah. like a lot of dogs, like like puppies are like that where they see their like, like what the hell is this mm-hmm. mirror? Yeah. Who the hell is this yeah. dog? It's this is not my dog. Yeah. As as uh, another side, another time, uh, my cousin came over and she was like five at the time or something. And we had like a full length mirror and she was like so in love with it. She was like, striking poses and like making faces and like, like everything like narcissists and that greek t- when you like look into the yes. water too long you drown now it here. starts early yeah <laughs> <laughs> whoa i like i like what i see yeah yep. i'm gonna become a playboy <laughs> model because <laughs> that's what i see in the mirror <laughs> and that we do mean playboy as in the playboy model, pl- yeah. as in playmate yeah and honestly, I think I think I I, I kind of get the fascination with mirrors at that age. Like it feels like you're causing something else to copy your actions, rather than it just being like a mundane reflection of light. Um, and it's funny. I think we get used to mirrors as we get older, and like we lose this sense of awe by them. But you can see this sense of awe in adults when they try virtual reality. It's yeah. so funny. Uh, yeah. I, I I got a headset in. When people try for the first time, they like put the headset on and they're holding the two controllers. There's like an intro game that you can play where like there's like a little alien guy standing in front of you. And when you raise your hand, the alien will raise its hand. And it's like a first timers like love this. They're like, oh my God. When I raised my hand, it raised its hand. <laughs> like, wait, wait, wait. Can I can I move it down? Yeah. Uh-huh. Oh my god. Wait, when I turn my head, it does the same thing. I'm like, yeah, yeah, it can do so much more too, but we'll, yeah. we'll, we'll, we'll get there. And then after an hour, it gets boring. <laughs> you get you start getting settled. <laughs> I, I haven't used it right. in so long. It's so it's not. Yeah, yeah. After it, two hours, exactly what it is two hours. Like okay, let's let's go out and get drinks, guys. Yeah, <laughs> I, my, I think my I don't face know. is sweating. <laughs> <laughs> Passing the mirror test demonstrates the child's basic ability to understand self awareness. There's a strong correlation between self-concept and object permanence which is the understanding that objects continue to exist when they're no longer visible and we discussed this in our child development episode where we talked about object permanence theory of mind and conservation what this correlation means is that kids who pass the mirror test at an earlier age are probably also likely to develop their object permanence earlier as well Mm. do you think this is a uh, good test joseph i don't know how else you would do it because you have to Find a way to disfigure the baby without making it obvious. Like I don't well, know. If, like, damn, you don't have to it. disfigure them. <laughs> I couldn't find the right word. <laughs> All right, so we're gonna give the baby a black eye. <laughs> oh, I think for it'll heal. Off. It'll heal. Yeah. Babies are strong. <laughs> Part of this activity is also the baby learning resilience, and they'll learn it by yes. getting knocked the fucked out by us. And I'm sorry to say you did sign the consent form. Mm. Maybe next time let's try reading it. Ouch. So give me your baby. Here's a $20 gift card. Uh, The soup will be in the back. Yeah. (laughs) Oh, oh, soup. Oh, oh, okay. I guess. Here's my baby. I skipped lunch. Uh, You know. Um, Okay. All right. Take my baby. So there's some debate with the test, uh, with some proposing that a child might not touch the red mark simply because they're not motivated to clean up their face. Oh, I see. Thus providing incorrect test results. That's fair. So, 
So maybe they know the mark is there. They just don't care, though. And maybe, like, some babies maybe just accidentally are cleaning it off. Just maybe might might intentionally, like, touching that part of the face. Possibly, possibly, yeah. You would have to be able to code, like, what's an intentional touch or not. Yeah. So they modified the test in a pretty, I think, genius way. So in the new iteration, at first, the experimenters played with the children, making sure that they looked in the mirror at least three times. So they played together in this room. There's a mirror in the room. They made sure the kid looked at the mirror at least three times. Then the rouge test was performed with a dot of red makeup under the child's right eye. Okay. Then the experimenter introduced a doll with a red spot under its eye as well. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And then they asked the child to help clean the doll. The experimenter asked them three times before cleaning the doll themselves. Then they put the doll away and performed the mirror test again. Okay, and then to see if the kid cleans himself this time. Yes. Him or herself, yeah. Basically training the kid to recognize, hey, cleaning up uh, the red spot on a face uh, is is the task at hand. So like a Pavlov dog, basically. Mm-hmm. Pavlov's <laughs> baby. Babies. For babies. Yeah. That, that that study never got published. It was too too hard of a sell to the journals. <laughs> Pavlov's baby. Pavlov's baby. <laughs> <laughs> so these modifications to that experiment led to an increased number of children recognizing themselves and rubbing the makeup off. So there probably were some children that maybe saw the red dot at first and just didn't care enough to try to brush it off. Yeah. That that's that's pretty smart, because you're like, um, it's very intentional in, in this method. Like it has, like, because they learn the behavior by doing it to the doll, and they see themselves. So yeah, they're probably yeah. trying to follow that cue. Oh, I should probably clean this off myself. So that's pretty smart. Yeah, that's why I think I I I went into grad school studying developmental psychology. All the labs I worked at before grad school were developmental, and I think that's the part that I loved about the field the most was that all of the methods were like so creative mm-hmm. because. For an adult, a lot of the measures are just surveys, just asking people sure, how, on a yeah. scale of one to five, how, how, how sad did you feel during this? You can't ask a baby certain things. So you have to come up with like these like creative, cool, interesting ways to like measure behavior and attitudes and perceptions, yeah. which, which I really appreciated. Yeah. Or you can just like, <laughs> like, uh, like do one of, like one of our episodes where the bystander effect where you where you fake out the participant and you set up oh, a yeah. scenario where they have to confront oh, on yeah. whether or not they're gonna help someone. I love those too. I love yeah. I love any any what are they called like in field studies. There yeah. was there was this one I saw a talk at a conference one time. It was a whole talk about how we need as a field in psychology we need to move away from lab studies and mm-hmm. need, we need to get back to in field studies. So he, in he presented streets. results. We got to be in, in the, the street, street research. So he was, he talked about a study that he conducted where he, <laughs> he went around uh-huh. uh, to different Starbucks's, Starbucks coffee places in different countries. Uh-huh. And he rearranged all of the chairs. <laughs> um, <clears throat> 
So <laughs> my study was learning how fucked up I could make people. <laughs> yeah. How yeah. much can I fuck with people and get away Obstacle with it? course. <laughs> Every Starbucks employee is like, oh, is it, is it him again? Oh, God. All <laughs> right. It's around. There's like an emo chain. Um, Starbucks employees. Um, be aware there is a gentleman going to every Starbucks <laughs> and every, every location in the entire world yeah. and rearranging your chairs. Um, he's doing a, a research study. We don't know what it's about. You know, he's harmless. Just be wary. Mm-hmm. You just have to change just, it back. Just just let him just let him do his thing. He'll be gone in an hour. <laughs> and just, and you know, he's nice. He's nice. But you just don't don't. How to move I the chairs. You, I can see him like what are like the grin smile like <laughs> and like <laughs> quietly walking away. Yeah. <laughs> so the study was he would intentionally find a an area of Starbucks where people would like need to walk through. And what he would do <laughs> was he would he would put two chairs to so he would have the chairs be like back to back and he would put them like really close to each other, not touching, but maybe like a foot apart. Uh, and it was just enough distance where like, okay, like if I need to get through here, you could either physically move, push the chairs out of the way, or you could try to like squeeze, like shimmy your way through. And that was the test. And he varied the distance between the chairs. And he did this test in different countries to see our people in like collectivistic countries like eastern countries like uh, in like asian chinese japanese societies that they were actually less likely to move the chairs the whole idea being like not wanting to upset like the social harmony blah 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 whatever i don't know uh and like in more um independent societies like 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 western societies um or individualistic i should say uh they were more likely to move the chairs out of the way and he had this whole coding scheme where he's like he mapped out all of the layouts of the Starbuckses and the different types of chairs, and he tried to account for every little factor. And I was like, wow, that's so fucking weird. <laughs> and I love you it. I, would lo- I wouldn't doubt like some researchers might just like, hey, here's a funny idea, and just work their way backwards into a research study. <laughs> yeah. You know what would be funny? Yeah. You know what? I can, tra- I can ask my, <laughs> my department to fund my global trip around the world. <laughs> Rearranging yeah, yeah. chairs. <laughs> what a yeah. what a great way to travel. Like, um, yeah, I'm doing a cross sectional uh, diversity uh, study. So yeah, you gotta fly me to India. Sorry, that's yeah. uh, that's part of the study. <laughs> yep, <laughs> yep, and yeah, it was it was really cool. Uh, I'm sure it came about. I'm sure he was probably just sitting in Starbucks one day, and just by by chance, two chairs were like kind of close to each other, but not that close. And I'm sure he saw some people pushing the chairs out of the way and some people just trying to like squeeze their way through like at a movie theater yeah he was like huh i wonder if there was like a cultural difference in that what's what's about that huh yeah (laughs) what's what's the deal with with starbucks chairs (laughs) now i feel like the modern rouge rouge test is whenever a new pimple appears on our face Uh uh-huh uh we are like it's funny we are like so aware of what our faces should look like uh-huh. That any new type of like dot or speck a on blemish, our face becomes yeah. so apparent. It's like we have like like a mo- like a like a design blueprint of our face like tattooed in our brain somewhere mm-hmm. that we have that we know with like you know this insane precision on like oh like I know exactly how my face looks. If there's any slight like defect, I will notice it. Mm. Whereas like I don't know if there was like a slight you know, dot or speck or something on like my leg or arm or like 
you know, chest or whatever. I'm not sure I'd notice, you know. Yeah, I mean, also your face is the, one of the first things people see too. So I'm probably, I'm sure that's also in the back of your mind because a lot of people yeah. see this thing that's on there. Um, I feel like there's a self-consciousness too, right? That comes with that because it feels like a misrepresentative of your face or makes you feel like less than yeah. for whatever yeah. reason. Yeah. Yeah. It's like um, yep. that. I, I, I mentioned this before. I might have mentioned this on the podcast before, but when I was younger, I had something called Bell's Palsy, which paralyzed half my face. Hmm. Like the nerves had went out. And then like once I started recovering, I could still see slight like my I could still see a little bit of it in my face. But it was so like and I would see it all throughout my life after that. Like it would just be a slight thing. But, like it was a thing that was only <laughs> only thing I could see. Other people were like, I don't know what dude, I don't know what you're talking about. Uh so yeah, it was definitely something I, I just alluding back to your pebble, I feel, I feel like it's also a thing that you only are like you're aware of that other people may not be privy to because you know your it, face the best the most it's pretty unnoticeable now how yeah. how severe was it um yeah it was, it was pretty bad like i like it was like i couldn't i could only talk on this side or one of i forget mm. which side it was yeah but it was pretty bad by far um mm. like i would drool ever, sometimes um, on, the, on the right side um did pretty... you ever dress up as two-faced for halloween <laughs> that would have been good if i was not a, if i didn't feel like an insecure 10 year old that would have been hilarious if i owned it but i did not opportunity. <laughs> i really was you know what i think back of the times of bits that, that could have been and that could have been one hell of a bit oh man yeah. if only i was 10 and i had confidence in myself if you're still listening thank you so much we really thank appreciate you guys thank you Appreciate it. Bye. Bye.